0: This is the Raising Freethinkers podcast. I'm Dale McGowan, editor and co-author of Raising Freethinkers and Parenting Beyond Belief, books for raising compassionate, curious kids without religion. Episode 17, The Word. This is part two of a three-part series on science in schools. If you haven't heard When Science Goes South yet, you might want to listen to that one first. Quick recap, my nine-year-old daughter won a National Evolution and Art Contest. The contest instructions said, imagine an island with a unique environment. Choose an existing animal to put on the island. Fast forward a million years or so and imagine how the animal would evolve as a result of that environment. Draw a picture of your evolved animal. Her school's assistant principal, Ms. Warner, said the principal would interview Delaney about the contest on the school's morning news program, but they wouldn't be calling it an evolution and art contest, just an art contest, because evolution isn't in the elementary curriculum. Becca and I were livid. Now, Becca's an elementary teacher herself, so she knows things. Usually you want to start by going straight to the person involved for these things rather than escalating. But in this case, she suggested I talk to the principal, Mr. Robinson, rather than Ms. Warner. Mr. Robinson would be interviewing Laney for one thing. This wasn't about Ms. Warner. It was about seeing to it that Laney's accomplishment wasn't misrepresented when he interviewed her. Mr. Robinson was among the most skilled, reasonable, and student-centered of the weirdly high number of school principals I have known, so a likely ally. I asked for a quick meeting. I knew that the best approach would be to focus on our shared interest, in this case, the students and the educational messages they receive. So I started with the cool fact that a nine-year-old girl in his school wants to be a scientist, She entered this contest to demonstrate her understanding of evolution, and she won. I said, Sandy Warner called and said you'd be interviewing Laney, but she said it would be called an art contest rather than evolution and art. And when my wife asked why, she said evolution was not in the elementary curriculum. Years later, I still... Can't say that without shaking my head in amazement that anyone would even try an explanation that ludicrous. Now, it's certainly in the middle and high school curriculum, I said, handing him a highlighted copy of each. If a third grader won a national calculus competition, no one would say, Dagnabbit, if only that was in the elementary curriculum, we could celebrate it. I'm sure you'll agree that's not the reason anyway, I said. Sandy was trying to avoid conflict with parents. That's an understandable impulse, but not when it damages the educational environment. I handed him a summary of the depressing Penn State study, suggesting that conflict avoidance is the strategy currently doing the most damage to the scientific literacy of our kids. And then there's my daughter and the interview the following day. Among many other problems, I said that Delaney would be unable to answer his questions in any terms but evolutionary ones. Even an open-ended question like, so tell me about your monkey, would lead to a description of the three adaptations she devised, since that's what the contest was about. He was nodding vigorously the whole time. Absolutely, he said. There's not the slightest reason for her to hide any aspect of her accomplishment. But the curriculum is irrelevant in any case because, oh my word, I thought he's going to say it himself. Before I could even mount the slam-dunk argument against Warner's ridiculous attempt, he would say it himself. Because it's student-initiated, he said. Teachers have to stay within the curriculum, sure, but if a student initiates a project or has an outside accomplishment, they are absolutely able to talk about it freely, without any regard to curriculum. He explained that he was trying to encourage even more of that to get the school celebrating outside accomplishments of all kinds, To integrate the students' outside lives into their school life. And this fits into that perfectly, he said. Principals tend to know things, not all, but most. Actual educational policies, court precedents, best practices. Total elapsed time in his office? Seven minutes. Step back a minute and see what happened here. We, good guys, sent notice of Lainey's contest win to her teacher, who thought it was fantastic and submitted it for inclusion in the broadcast. Good guy. A middle administrator attempted to screw it up. Bad guy. The principal immediately recognized that the middle admin had screwed up, and he put it right. Good guy. That's a pretty good ratio, isn't it? But we often take our cue from the one person who did something dumb and respond with a scorched-earth policy that engulfs potential allies and puts everyone in a defensive crouch. Once I do that, they're only going to be looking to survive the attack. They can't hear what I have to say, much less see that they have more in common with me than with the perp. So they just circle the wagons. More often than not, the perp is surrounded by people who agree with you that the act was wrong. People who can join you in condemning the act and fixing the problem if you let them. I'd like to say that's the end of the story. Delaney was all butterflies the morning of the broadcast. I assured her she'd be just fine. But I'm talking to the principal, she said in mock horror. In front of the whole school? She was secretly adoring the whole idea. We both knew that. But the nerves were no less real. She'd never done anything like this before. So I drove her to school early and then I sat in the front office to watch the show on the monitor. After the Pledge of Allegiance... Stay on target. We're too close. Stay on target. The camera panned to my daughter and the principal. I'm here with Delaney McGowan today who won first place... "'In a national contest,' said Mr. Robinson. "'This is amazing, Delaney. Tell us all about it.' "'Well,' she said, "'I won an art contest.' "'I grinned and shook my head. "'After all that, she called it an art contest. "'And that's fine, of course. "'She can call it whatever she wants.' But I did think it was a little strange. She'd never called it that before, for one thing. And we never mentioned Ms. Warner's phone call to her. What an odd coincidence. She went on to describe the contest with the kind of engaging, articulate poise that she's always had, but somehow got all the way through it without ever saying any form of the word evolution. It's extremely hard to do given the nature of the contest. The closest she came was the word adapted, which she used once or twice. And again, it's a non issue if she's choosing her own words. So I drove home, proud as can be. And that afternoon, when she ran off the school bus, I engulfed her in a hug. You were awesome, I said. I could never have been so clear and calm when I was nine. Did you think of that all yourself, or did anybody help you with what to say? Subtle bastard. Well, there was one kind of weird thing, she said. About two minutes before the interview, Ms. Warner told me I shouldn't say the word evolution. dad? Well, huh, you, uh, huh, you did an amazing job, that's all I can say. I think that's what I said. It may not have included any actual human sounds. What's wrong? She said. Something's wrong. No, nothing. I, well, I'm, 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 I'm just kind of wondering why Miss Warner would say such a silly thing, is all. I mean, why not say evolution? That just seems kind of weird. Yeah, it does, she said. Well, didn't Mr. Robinson say anything to her when she said that? He was out in the hall right then. Her face nodded up. But it made me so nervous. During the whole interview, I kept worrying that I was going to say the word... The word. This hit me like a ton of bricks. I had gone out of my way to keep Laney from getting a negative message about her accomplishment. I'd been low key and reasonable, and the thing had happened anyway as if I'd never left my goddamn chair. And what really hurt was hearing Delaney's sudden anxiety my fearless thinker, the one who loves nothing more than a good-spirited tete-a-tete over a plate of theology in the school cafeteria or politics on the playground or current events at the dinner table who chose freedom of speech as one of the things she's most grateful for on a thanksgiving project. This amazing and unique girl had heard from an educator in her school that one of the great concepts in science was in fact a word she should not use and by implication a thought she should not think. Evolution, a perpetual source of wonder to her, had become the word. A thing to avoid. Something vaguely dirty. Even worse, this woman chose Laney's moment of excited triumph, of scientific triumph, to display her own likely ignorance of the concept that Laney understood better than most adults in any given room. Now, to fully grasp the complex challenge of that moment for Delaney, a thought experiment. Imagine you're nine years old. You've won the Pillsbury Bake Off. You are invited to speak to your school principal about it on camera in front of a thousand of your peers. You've practiced what you want to say over and over. You're nervous and excited. And then two minutes before you go on, an authority figure leans over and says, By the way, don't mention baking. At bedtime that night, Laney told her mom something that simply broke our hearts. Mr. Hamilton, Laney's dynamic and gifted teacher from first grade, a huge favorite of hers, had popped into her classroom late in the day. He said he saw me on the Eagle News, Delaney said, but his class was too loud and he couldn't hear what I was saying, so he wants me to come by his room and tell him all about it sometime. Her eyes watered but I don't know what I should tell him and what I shouldn't. I hope we're agreed that this is a very big deal. That was the second of a three-part series, When Science Goes South. I'll bring you the third and final part next week. The Raising Freethinkers podcast is a production of Only Sky Media, exploring the whole human experience from the secular perspective. Visit us online at onlysky.media. Thanks for listening. I'm Dale McGowan. See you next time for Raising Freethinkers.